Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. And welcome to the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host today, Josh Brown, joined by James Douse. Hi, mate. And you might have noticed this is not Scott Tilford talking to you because, yeah. unfortunately, I know it's, I sound a lot like him, yeah. do I? Uh, unfortunately, the man is ill, so please give him your warmest regards. Oh. But in his place, we've got the excellent, the lovable, the knowledgeable Dan Durkin for the podcast. Hey, hello, Dan. Well done, hello, Dan. hello. Thanks for having us on, boys. Uh, you've made um, it. Some of you may recognize me from Choose Your Own Adventure when Douse Maybe. isn't editing. I usually take the reins of that. It's all downhill from here, <laughs> It is. I'll try to do my best. I actually feel really intimidated because you boys are a duo in um, Fortnite, and I've right, seen yeah, yeah. the amount of dubs that you've got across the, the years. Right. Yeah, so I'm really scared. Uh, yes, today, uh, in lieu of Scott, he has sent over some questions that you guys um, very graciously sent into the UBP uh, that weren't used last week. So we're going to dive into some questions. We're going to talk about December's biggest games because, my lord, there are a lot of games mm-hmm. uh, to get to over the next month. But first and foremost, I need to ask you both about the new Mario trailer because oh. it would not be a main podcast uh, without talking about the Mario trailer. And I need to like I need to channel Scott for this. So I know you guys have seen it, and it's I know an- Scott was raving about it. I have not because I just I can't with oh. that thing. But James, what do you think? Of it's that? annoying that Scott isn't here because he loved it. I saw on Twitter that he was loving that trailer. The man like posted his favorite frames, which I yeah. loved. I lo- yeah, I just yeah. I like. As a casual observer to this, I love that everyone is getting so excited for it. Like, it just seems like it's nailing every single thing that a Mario movie needs to nail. Dan, I'm not sure where you even fall down in this franchise. So I'm definitely not a Mario person. Like, I'm Team Sonic. I I thought Scott was Team Sonic too, but whatever. Why Um, did he, like, pick a team? uh, It's what I played when I was a kid, you know. Um, So, like... I'm indifferent. It was fine. Like, how do you feel about Chris Pratt voicing Mario? We were just talking about this in the office with Joe Johnson upstairs. And it's a weird one, right? Because obviously everyone memed the hell out of the idea of Chris Pratt Uh being Mario. Uh, But to me, like, yes, he's not Mario. But Chris Pratt, you know, has been in some good animated movies. His work in the Lego movie was Uh like one of the big films he did before he properly broke with Guardians of the Galaxy. So it's not like... You know, I hate, one of my biggest pet peeves is when an animated production or even a video game just gets like an actor in who doesn't know how to voice act and takes it for granted and you could have got a professional in to do a good job. But at least Chris Pratt has, um, you know, a history with animated movies and voice acting. Uh, But yeah, how actually was he in the trailer? Because I'm saying this, having not seen it. He said, let's go at the end of this one. And is that all you need? That was all I personally. <laughs> like, or was it that? Yeah, that's what he said. Because he's, he's oh, in right. the um, the court at the end, like yeah, you know, the, Mario, the Mario Kart thing. Yeah. Um, oh. But uh, no, it was for me personally. I adored the entire thing. The art style is just unbelievable. I love it so much. The only downside I had with that trailer is that they didn't show off uh, Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong voice. Oh, well, he's saving that for the actual movie. I hope so, but because um, he was in the actual like direct, so was uh, Anya Taylor-Joy just talking about the film and stuff. She does a great performance as well, in my opinion. Who was she playing? Pin- Princess uh, Peach? Princess Peach. Of course, yes. yeah. Um, but no, it looks so good, and you know it, Dan Durkin. Yeah, Dan, why? It looks wh- fine. Oh, like, what do you mean? Why, why are you indifferent about it? Is it because you, you're, a, you're a Sonic guy, so yeah, you just I'm don't just like Mario in general? Or? For the original Mario movie. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Mario. I'll go and see it, but yeah, like it looks fine. It, it looks fine. I like your takes on movies, Dan, because I feel like you managed to see 
pretty much every big like blockbuster. <laughs> yeah. Like every time a new MC movie, MCU movie drops, I can always guarantee on you like telling me if it's good or bad. <laughs> yeah. So I want you to do this as an impartial viewer yeah. for the Mario movie when it drops next year. But yes, let's jump into December's games because like it's almost a fool's errand to make a best of 2022 list in this moment in time because mm-hmm. there are so many titles yet to drop. On December 2nd, yep. which we are mere days away from, we've got Callisto Protocol, we've got Marvel's Midnight Suns, and we've got Need for Speed Unbound. Three major games all on the same day. Busy day. And I feel like we need to talk about Callisto because that thing is so imminent. Scott, of course, has been looking forward to that all year. The man was eyeing up a collector's edition for £200 at the start (laughs) of the week. And I know, Dan, this is a game that's been on your radar for a while. Yeah, I'm a huge survival horror fan, and I I, I wouldn't go as far as looking at collector's editions. That's more like (laughs) Resident Evil 4. I've already pre-ordered that one. Um, But Callisto looks incredible. Like, I love Dead Space, Dead Space 2, not so much Dead Space 3, but yeah, like I'm so looking forward to this and I hope when the reviews do drop, it's going to be positive. The problem is it's a brand new IP, in my opinion. It's Mm -hmm. a brand new IP, so I cannot justify that £200 collector's edition (laughs) because he doesn't know just yet if it's good or not. The thing is, right, but what if you get that one in a million pre-order? Like imagine if you, James Dowes, pre-ordered Elden Ring for the collector's edition, and then how much would that have paid off? Yeah, fair enough. But here we go. Here's Dan Durkin to say that this year, what did you pre-order? Saints Row, Dying Light. Saints Row, Dying Light. um, Pokemon. Pokemon, both of them. Yeah, you was going to do Gotham Knights. Yeah, you talked us out with that one. Aye. So all those games, and you weren't a fan of any of them? Hardly. I've hardly (laughs) played any of them. I mean, I've probably put the most time into Pokemon Scarlet, and it's not very good, but... I like exactly. Pokemon. But you've scared me away I'm a from sucker into this. I'm a sucker into pre-ordering I games. Know, like It's just a waste, isn't it? Because all you're getting is a pre-download half the time. Yeah. But Scott has pre-ordered the collector's edition. No, he hasn't. He was just looking at it. He was tempted. Oh, okay. you know. He, he was, will do it. He will uh, do it. I don't, I don't know if he will, man. After the fact, I think he'll buy some like figurines and yeah, stuff. He, he, loves the, he loves the collectible, that man. And he is looking forward to it. Where do you fall on survival horror in general? James House, um, is it your thing? Or play is it Resident not? Evil. No, the I've remix. Not, play no, them. No, I've, not. I've not played any of them. Uh, it's not a genre for me because when they were at their peak with like Dead Space... Um, God, I can't even think of anymore. I guess <laughs> Resident Evil. Resident Evil. Wasn't Mass Effect wasn't really horror, though, Definitely. was it? No. no. no it's Miles like off. Those kind of Bioshock was fairly horror-ish. I'll give you this one. For the first example, one was. those collection of games, when they came out in, say, 2008, 2007, no, that was when I had a Nintendo Wii. I did not have an Xbox at that point, so I didn't play those games then. Here's the thing, right? The first time I ever played Resident Evil 4 was the Wii version, and it right. absolutely Ooh. rocked my world. I thought was it was excellent. you had excellent. the gun shooter to do it? Well, I just didn't have the accessories, so I was okay. just using a freehand Wii control <laughs> as the cursor. You know what? It was still good. Yeah. That game is so good. Yeah. You can put it on any platform. Best game of all time, in my opinion. Some would say, Dan Durkin. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if I would say that, but some would say. <laughs> like you said, though, like Callisto being so soon, I feel like anyone who's a fan of survival horror yeah. is eaten well, we've got that imminent. We have mm-hmm. the Dead Space remake Dead Space. in January, and then of course we've got Resident Evil Four. Like, and me and Scott were talking about on the Monday podcast. Apparently, there is a AAA Aliens game in development right now that is inspired by Dead Space. Why do you think it's kind of coming back all of a sudden? Like, is it the success of Resident I Evil think Two so. remake? It has to be because Resident Evil Two sold so well, and I think the devs are seeing that people want this stuff, so now they're giving it to us. And I'm more than happy with that. Plus, I never played the original, so they're doing it for me so I can <laughs> play the remake. Did you play Dead Space? No. 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 But I'm going to play the remake. Okay, Are you well, though, James Downs? Because you said yeah. you were going through Resident Evil 1, and I've never heard an I, update I on that did, since. And then I got very, very, very bored. Start <laughs> with 2. Start, you need to start with 2, the I, remake of 2. Because it's incredible. No, because last week we found out that the GameCube version of Resident Evil was on. PS Plus. Yes. So I deleted the PS1 version that I was playing to do the GameCube version, and then God of War came out, and then, and then of course, I've not played any. That's any all you played. Yeah. It's an Elden Ring all over yeah, again. It is. Yeah. Callisto, I feel like, is almost a, a given at this point. Yeah. I think people are ready to like it. The trailers look high quality, and I feel like hopefully they can't miss, and hopefully yeah. 
alongside the likes of Dead Space, Resident Evil 4, we get, you know, more new IP, because I love Dead Space, I love Resident Evil, I love Silent Hill, and we're getting a Silent Hill 2 remake in the vein of Resident Evil 2, but I also want new horror IPs that are taking these mechanics and trying to do something new. Are you more excited of it because you know it's going to be safely like Dead Space? Yes. Is that why you're going into it happy? Definitely for me, because, you know, like... Dead Space 2 is still one of my favorite games ever made, so if it even comes close yeah. to aping what that game achieved, I just think Callisto especially looks so immersive. It looks chunky. I'm an absolute fiend for a, for a big stomp in a game, and Dead Space <laughs> and Callisto. The death both, animations as well. Yeah. Like, like, so good. So like we're going to be using, if we can get away with it, like thumbnails from Callisto oh, and Dead right. Space for <laughs> months now, like those gnarly death scenes. What's it saying you, Dan Durkin, about that game? What's exciting you? Well, to be fair, like some of the previews that I've watched, like a lot of them have been have said that it's more action focused, and that's kind of like, ooh, is it? I'd prefer it to be more survival horror because that's like my jam. Um, and I just think like, is it Glenn Schofield? Yes, the guy's doing it. Like, obviously, the Dead Space and Dead Space is incredible. So I've I've got faith. Yeah. I've got faith. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've all got faith. I, I think it's going to be good. I, uh, I 100% percent i am Do you have it. faith in our next game, Marvel's Midnight Suns? That's out on the same day. And I feel like Scott was talking about this the other day, not to keep bringing him up because he's a lovely man and I want to talk about him all the time. <laughs> but he was saying, like, I think a lot of people don't even realize this game is out this week, Didn't like, know. so mm-hmm. soon. Um, I, thought that, I thought they delayed it to no, next year, like, I personally. Um like, you know me, I'm a big Marvel guy, right. but this sort of game, these tactics games aren't exactly my thing, but, like, I'll probably get it eventually. Like, mm. it looks fine. It looks all right. But I think that the, some of the previews have shown it doesn't run very well on consoles. Um, are so all of the thing. Marvel cast in it? A lot of them are. But right. they're going to do the season pass thing where they're bringing Deadpool uh, and etc. So it's just Avengers, but a different style of Avengers. This is being a point of contention, actually, because right. obviously, like, the Midnight Suns, it's supposed to be a more kind of magic-based, like, yeah. more cult-based team, and yet they've got in... Spider-Man. Members, yeah, Spider-Man, <laughs> Iron Man, people yeah. who aren't usually associated... The MCU cast. 100%. That's what kind of, sells it, isn't it? 100% to kind of give it that, like, you say mainstream that, appeal. But does it sell it? Avengers, did that sell well? That's a good point, to be fair, because yeah. I, th- I do think that we're beyond the point of being able to just bank on these names in the gaming space, because Avengers, just when that game came out, you know, we've just come off the likes of Infinity War and Endgame. You know, the Avengers is the biggest IP in the world. It should just sell because it's an Avengers game. And then it didn't, because people were like, well, this isn't, this is not my Avengers. This is not what I want out of an Avengers game. Yeah. And this is obviously, you know, a more niche genre, but I wonder whether... It's trying to go for that casual audience or not. I'm not entirely sure if that's going to succeed. What genre is it? It's like a tactics game. So basically you get cards and yes, you, you yeah. move around the map and you do different things. Like that that card element's a bit weird to me because it, it seems too random. I don't know how it's actually going to play. Right. Um, but yeah. It's another thing that you've kind of been iffy on. Like there were... Mm people were wondering how much they were going to re- retool it because there was a bit of a backlash when it was announced that it was going to be card-based. Did yeah. you ever play XCOM 2, James? I well, it's very similar to that. Okay. In fact, okay. I think it's by the exact same developers, yeah, so you okay. should be in uh, safe hands with so that. So are they just hoping that it's just XCOM? Th- was there a third one? I don't think there was at this no. moment in time. So no. let's just say, that, is this just XCOM 3 with Marvel characters? Is that what it's they're It's slightly different with this whole card thing. Right, yeah. Okay. But okay. I think like if it was just an XCOM with the Marvel characters, I think okay. that would... There's enough appeal there, surely, yeah. for that to do Can quite well. I just well. say a very niche thing. I don't know if you can remember, but there was a Kingdom Hearts game called Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. I do not. And that used card-based, but okay. it wasn't tactics. It was just more card-based combat. And whenever I hear about card games, I don't want to touch it. I'm the same. I'm the yeah. exact same. I'm playing through Inscription right now. Yeah. Uh, we briefly talked about this on the Monday podcast as well. And that um, is, in part, a deck builder. Yeah. So you're going through, you know, you're playing this card game. You're trying to get through a roguelike structure. And man, to me, if any Anyone tells me cards are involved in yeah. a game, whether it was, you know, this Midnight Suns, whether it was um, Back for Blood that had this kind of weird card yeah. system, whether it was Titanfall, a game that I loved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you inc- if you include that element of chance, there's something about that that I just, yeah. I can't I can't get on with it, man. Because Halo 5 did that as well, didn't it? Because yeah, those the wreck packs. packs. Yeah. When you think cards and card games, you don't think of Marvel. Like, I don't personally. Yeah. Top like, Trumps. Uh, yeah. that's fair. <laughs> you think about how they're going to monetize those cards. That was the issue. That was yeah. the worry. People were like, oh, hang on, right. what's going to go on? 
post-launch release, but hopefully it turns out quite well. On the exact same day, one of these games has to be buried. We've got Need for Speed Unbound, the newest Need for Speed game that was announced incredibly late, only a few months ago, and confused people a little bit with Mm -hmm. its more cartoony art style that you can actually just turn off in the game. Um, I'll be doing that. (laughs) (laughs) We've just started to get a few trailers for this. Like, I'm a lapsed Need for Speed fan. Like, I used to play, you know, Underground and Underground Uh, 2 back in the day. But I've not touched a recent one, I just want one new title to get me back in but I don't know what you guys thought so I, I played Heat um, and it was fine like, is that the latest one I think that's the latest this? one yeah oh, okay. and that uh, compared to Forza like mm-hmm. I prefer Forza um, is it a Forza competitor no but it's it's all racing isn't it that's yeah, how I look at it fair. but I think Need for Speed's kind of lost its identity over the years like mm. you had Burnout who did the whole like crazy stuff and it, it feels like Need for Speed's trying to capture that now with the whole like art aesthetic that it's going mm. for like the whole street art thing it's like not just, for you yeah just pick a style and, and yeah. stick with it i don't know it's a weird one that isn't it because i the only thing i actually know about this game is the twitter arguments that the uh, account holder for need for speed i've not seen this yeah they got the person what's they called social media manager for uh, need for speed games just got in an argument with somebody and it went fi- fairly viral that's when I found out about this game's existence. Really? Yeah, just an argument. That's it not looked, what you want. But I've seen it since, and fair enough, it looks okay. I don't know whether that is going to be the brand new Need for Speed, because they rebooted it like a few years ago, didn't they? Need yeah. for Speed again, well, and that didn't work. This is what Dan was saying, you know, like, I do think it has this sort of identity crisis at the moment where it's like, what if, one, what do fans want from a Need for Speed game, and two, what yeah. do the developers want to make? Like, do we want this kind of, like, cops and cars game? Do we want something more stylized where it's about the customization, or do we want, like, all of the above? Like, I, I genuinely don't know. Personally, the developers just want to monetize it. <laughs> <laughs> it is the yeah. The thing about that is, one, like I said, one of these games kind of has to die, and I don't want any of them to die, but I'm going to be interested to see which one kind of makes it I'm out. taking my bet. Go can on, we make a bet? Can we all make a bet? Yeah, I make a bet now. it's Midnight Suns. That one It that has to be. It's the under. most niche one, yeah. I think. I can't see that working. I'm going to say Unbound, and it brings me no joy to say that. I right. just think with the way Need for Speed is like positioned in the industry right now, I want it to succeed, but it's just... I don't think that EA has given it much of a chance by announcing it so late. But then I suppose you could say that about Midnight Suns as well. Yeah. By, like Everyone thinks it's delayed <laughs> until next year. But it could also be in that EA access. I don't think it will be at launch because they usually wait, give like they? 10 hours, don't they? So oh, you, right. you can play 10 hours on like the Game Pass thing. And I know a lot of people have EA access, yeah. I think, anyway. My friends do anyway, and they always play like the latest FIFA for like 10 hours when it comes out. Well, it's part of Game Pass now, isn't it? So there is a there way. So you, yeah, so That's Xbox it. players just get a free go at it. I do think at least one of these games will be on a Game Pass equivalent within the space of like yeah. three months or something. And maybe that will help them find a yeah. new audience. I wouldn't really be surprised help. if Xbox just get out their cash and just say the Clist... Well, how do you say it? Callisto Protocol. Callisto. Callisto Protocol. I bet that'll be on Games Pass in a year. See? Ah, oh, that's the one I think will sell really well, man. It will. Of course it will. But Boom. I reckon that's why it'll be on but Game Pass. But with it being single player only. <laughs> True. Like, the sales will how fall off. How do you monetize that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, I guess I we'll see. There was that whole thing about the um, the death animations in the season pass. Did you yeah. see that? Yeah. So Don't you get the season pass for death animations? It was a whole, like, headline thing. Like, right. apparently it was, it's different animations or something are included within the season pass <laughs> content. But, like, the headlines were saying, you need to buy the season pass right. to get these extra death animations. Like... So there's going to be a season pass for That's it. a weird controversy because it still makes headlines. Well, because uh, I think the issue was it was kind of misconstrued. People thought that they had taken death animations out of the game now and were okay. selling them later on. Okay. But then Glenn Schofield came out and was like, no, like we're not taking content out. What you're getting is a full package and then we're going to yeah. find ways to... Produce more content after the yeah. fact. So Who's hopefully, publishing it. Sorry, it's uh, the Crafton who did PUBG. Yeah, because it was originally oh, okay. supposed to be a PUBG game. So they're probably going to put a battle pass in that game. So yeah, speaking yeah, of on. that, um, <laughs> one of the pre-order bonuses was actually like skins, <laughs> skins for your character, like in a single-player right. game. <laughs> Very right. good. But it's third person though. Isn't it is, it? So but you will still, see it. like, it's still a bit slimy. Yeah, that is the in PUBG. Do they have skins? Yeah. Do they? I think that's a decent money. That's like, it's it's the thing with skins when you pre-order stuff like that. It's like, it's to me, it's better than having yeah. upgrades or particular yeah, yeah. content. You know, it might not be what everyone wants. I don't think it's going to get a yeah. lot of people to pre-order for those skins, but it's in the grand scheme of things, I think it's quite yeah. inoffensive. And I think it'll be funny because isn't it Dead Space that has the uh, foam finger gun? Yeah, 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 yeah right. It would just yeah. be like that. It's just ugh, creating meme potential, isn't it? If you have skins in it, that's But also... 
one. On December 2nd, you'll see me rocking those pre-order skins because I pre-ordered it. Maybe I'm part of the problem. There you go. You and Scott Telford wearing those skins. Right, let's move on from December 2nd because we've spent a lot of time in it. December 13, we have two games. We've got Crisis Core, Final Fantasy VII Reunion, an absolute mouthful of a title that I'm never going to get right. Is that one game that you just said? That's one game. That's one game. We've got High on Life. I'm not sure if you guys have been keeping up with this. It's by Justin Roiland, the Rick and Morty guy. I'm looking forward to that one. The Talking Guns. I'm looking forward to that too. I think that's debuts on Game Pass as well. Mm -hmm. That might be one I play. Here's my scary thought about that game. Go on. Is I watched Rick and Morty for as... I've watched most episodes, I want to say, but there's only so much Justin Roiland's voice I can have in my life. Right. And hearing Morty in just everything, I don't want that game to just be Morty, the game. Well, I think there's there's different um, like voices. But it's all by him, though, is it? Yeah, but like, there's a knife that speaks in an Australian accent. In it, but like, it's still Morty <laughs> with an Australian accent. <laughs> I'm all for it. I respect him. I think he's unbelievable voice actor and creator or whatever. But I think the game will be very good. But I, I think I'd want to turn Morty off after five minutes. That's kind of crazy considering it's the entire unique know, selling point of that game. The guns talk. It is funny. It is funny. Fair enough. I love that you're like, this is a cool concept. Very funny. I want to turn it well, off. I want to get rid of the key concept. Take this yes. out. Let me just have a regular first-person shooter. <laughs> Thank you, Justin. Um, what are you guys thinking of uh, Crisis Core? Is that anything that's on your Final radar? Fantasy's not my whatsoever. Job. I couldn't tell you. Do you know? Do you uh, yeah, man, I'm the biggest Final Fantasy fan in the entire oh, world. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I've only played that one. I've played. played the only one that matters, Final <laughs> Fantasy VII Remake, remake my friend. Yeah. And this is a technically kind of a prequel sequel to that. Okay. Is this something that you're looking forward to as much as you enjoyed the remake? It's something that I'm interested in. I wouldn't say that I'm looking forward to actually playing it because I know it's a different game, but from the original trailer that they released, like they're reusing a lot of assets, obviously, because there's a lot of crossover with Final Fantasy VII itself from that Final Fantasy VII remake. I'm more, I almost feel like I need it rather than I want it because I do want to be on the Final Fantasy VII hype and I'm looking forward to the next game, Rebirth, I think it's called. And I feel like this is going to be a key piece of that puzzle. So I'm almost watching, I'm almost playing it like I would watch an MCU movie where it's like, okay. I need, need to, to watch it, otherwise I'm going to be left behind. So I'm not going to play it on December 13th, but I will definitely play it in the new year. Is that a DLC class, Daz? No, it's a proper proper game, yeah. proper okay. full game. It's a remake of a previous game that was made. It's With Final Fantasy, man, it's so confusing because they have, you know, they, they have the main games and then they have games that are spinning off from that main game. So you've got like three Final Fantasy 13s and you've got yeah. a bunch of Final Fantasy 7s. <laughs> so it's one of those, it's part of the wider the story that they're obviously building. Well, Final Fantasy obviously seems to be doing uh, well for Square Enix. Do they even have anything anymore? Well, this is the thing, right? Like, they've got Final Fantasy. They've yeah. sold off <laughs> yeah. uh, Crystal Dynamics with Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider and yeah. um, the Avengers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And they've sold off uh, the team behind Deus Ex, so they don't have that anymore. <laughs> so they've essentially gone, we'll just be the Final Fantasy guys. And Kingdom Hearts. And Kingdom Hearts guys. And we'll do JRPGs yeah. for the rest of our lives, which, you, you know what, fair enough, because they only complained about the Western developers <laughs> yeah. anyway. Every time we had a new Tomb Raider or Hitman yeah. or whatever, it would be not hit their expectations. Yeah. So yeah. maybe, hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, those yeah. devs are able to get a deliver. little more life in them and deliver yeah. something to, uh, I think they got bought by Embracer, uh, who also own Volition and stuff. Yes. Fi- finally, finally, and then we'll move on to the questions. We have uh, The Witcher 3 next-gen remake on December 14th. Yeah. Finally, again, a very late-in-the-day edition. You know what? Fair play to CD Projekt Red for doing that for free. Yeah. It's Fair not bad, is it? Yeah. Is it going to be enough to get you guys to play The Witcher 3? I've not played Witcher 3 before. Yeah. This has intrigued me to play it. So the first time I played it, I couldn't get into it at all. Like, I, I just the controls and just, like, the setting, I don't know. Like, um, I, I might go back. Yeah. Like, I love Cyberpunk. Yeah. It's um, a weird game, like you said. Like, the controls immediately are a little bit off-putting. I know you've kind of patched that since it was first released, but it's a strange game to kind of get to grips with. It's yeah. kind of overwhelming in a way. Uh-huh. I think I got about three hours into it and I was getting all these spells for different enemies <laughs> and stuff. I was like, this is too much. Yeah. <laughs> too much for me, personally. Dan, do you just not like fantasy? Because you wouldn't play Elden Ring either. Possibly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, Elden Ring's not my jam. <sighs> I got like 10 minutes into that and... That's all we've talked about on this podcast for the past year. It I is, f- man. I play Fortnite with James Downs. Oh, ah. Well, that leads us into our next point, Josh Brown, because there's one game you forgot to mention on this list. I don't think that's true. There is. Uh, <laughs> that is true, yes. Um, 
on December the what? Third, Dan Durkin? Yeah, Saturday. This we Saturday work coming. for Epic, so that's why we're talking to you about this. Uh, <laughs> Use create a code, what culture? <laughs> this coming Saturday, the new map is coming out to Fortnite. Chapter four. Do you know what that means, Josh? I don't know what that means. I'm a Warzone guy, man. I don't know what Imagine this means. Imagine Warzone having a new map. It just has one, so that's quite exciting. Well, imagine that. So is it getting, Again. if I recall, yes, and man. you guys will be able to correct me on this, didn't the original map blow up? Then you've got the one that you've got now. And is no. this blowing up again? No. I mean, is this so not what happened? We're getting one, into the law now. Black hole. <laughs> okay, yeah. Galactus was there, was he? No, that was later on. That's when okay. Iron Maiden were doing the, ACDC were doing the soundtrack. <laughs> uh, then it was season two map, and then chapter two map, and then it flipped upside down. Whoa. That was crazy, man. That's chapter, chapter three. three and now chapter four's now. coming in. So what are they going to do? Do you know? Or is it an event that's <sighs> going to happen? like to know. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully bring back the Jinx skin. Aye. Right, so everyone who's tuned out now, you can come back now. <laughs> <laughs> the Fortnite chat is over. Now, you know what? I always say in this podcast, like, I am actually jealous that I'm not involved in those events because I know how fun they were in Warzone and they seem even funner in Fortnite. Like, I like the characters that they get yeah. in. Like, the Galactus thing that I mentioned is a joke, but I was jealous of my mates playing it. Yeah. The Ariana Grande concert. <laughs> Was the best concert I've ever been to in my entire life. That is <laughs> I'm joking. I'm nah, joking. No, nah, no, nah, I'm gonna just clip that in like yeah, every yeah, time yeah. you talk about music from the now Fortnite, on. Yeah. When you tell me that the Arctic Monkeys, the car, isn't oh. actually that well written, I'm gonna uh, clip that. Whoa, Nelly, don't say that. Well, I'm just repeating what you've taught me. Then again, I also saw a hologram of ABBA, so I can't really talk. Now nah, that that rules, I think it does rule. That's really but good. Ariana Grande wasn't even real. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, well, well, it's, they're all holograms yeah, in a way. I at suppose. the end of the day, aren't we all holograms? We certainly are. Right, let's move. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Some questions. Again, thank everyone uh, for sending those in to the UBP. It's a great little show. It's a great big show. 
that uh, comes out every Friday and hopefully will also be coming out this Friday. It's very huge. Great mugs as well, so I've heard. Yes. And that's not just the <laughs> yeah, two people who are on it. Mugs are all right too. Very right. good. Right, our first question comes from You Done Messed Up Aaron, who says, yeah. since games are better with friends, which system had the best local co-op experience? Ooh. You're all Halo boys, right? We are Halo yeah. boys, but I'm going to say something what I reckon you'll agree with. The best couch co-op game like that, Time Splitters 2. Oh, 100%. 100%. That was just peak gaming. Obviously in PS2 then. PS2, yeah. Do you think? So what was the question? Like, what era was the best? Or? No, it was just uh, which system had the best system. local co-op yeah. experience. Yeah. So with this, PS2. I'm going to extrapolate and say, like, the best kind of controllers, the best games, mm-hmm. would you go for the PS2? Or GameCube, maybe? Like... Elaborate on that, Dan Durkin. Why GameCube? It had four slots in the front, so you could <laughs> plug four controllers in. <laughs> but it did it have four-player games. Mario Kart? Yes, <laughs> it did have Mario Kart and Mario Party and stuff like that. Fair enough. What about, like, the Wii? The Wii. That's true. I um, think it's the Wii. Yeah. Yeah, no, fair enough. Wii it Sports. is the Wii, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, the Wii Sports. Mario Kart every day. Well done. You've completed that question. Yeah, it, it is, is the Wii, I think. Yeah. Like, the Wii, obviously, yeah. huge success and had that ability to get your grandma up playing, <laughs> you know, yeah. Wii Boxing, which yeah. I always thought was the funniest one for parents to play. Yes. Yes. It's like, don't punch me. I don't yeah. want to... Yeah. Don't throw hands. With that wire as well between the numchuck and the Wii remote, which always got tangled. <laughs> Very I think fun. the only real competitor to the Wii was the iToy, which was also part of yes. PlayStation 2. But Remember when I'm washing windows? Where you had to <laughs> that wipe song. The screen and stuff. In me brain forever, yeah. man. It'll <laughs> never leave. Uh, we've got another question from an average human, and this is for you, Dan Durkin, uh, in particular, because they ask uh, just biggest gaming regret. And I feel oh. like you've got a few from this year, <laughs> my friend. gaming regret. Oh. Probably all the money I've spent on games this year alone <laughs> yeah. and not played. Um, Pokemon. It has to be Pokemon, does it? For this year, each of us do a regret for this year. Would you say it's Pokemon? <sighs> More Legends Arceus than Scarlet yeah. Violet because I bought that on release. It was £45 and I played it for like two hours. I didn't like it. I didn't like the moving away from the yeah. traditional Pokemon formula. Really? Um, but even then, Diamond and Pearl that came out last year, that was a, a massive yeah. waste of money too. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, I would say Lego Star Wars. Right. Yeah. That's a shout. I bought that too. Yeah. I bought that too. <laughs> yeah. Have you played God. much of it? I have played up and I started on episode four, I should yes. say. And yeah. I've played up until you get to um most icely and you've escaped in the Millennium Falcon. Yep. I didn't get much further than that. And it's such a shame because it feels because like it should have everything, especially yeah. for a co op experience, going yep. back to the previous one. It was question. a huge step down from the old ones. Yes. Was it? Because I never yeah. I'm not too familiar with the Lego games. The only one I've really played is Marvel Superheroes, so So the Actual levels weren't very long and they weren't very like elaborate. It was all about the open world, but the open world was boring. Like was that, that was its main problem, I yeah. think. That um, but cramming nine games into one was like an incredible feat. Was that this year? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was right at the start. Well, I remember all the trailers. Like we was really happy and yeah. like, buzzing for it. And then when I bought it, I just played two or three missions and turned it off. I think it looks beautiful. It just it doesn't does. quite have that staying power, does it? And no. I do think, for me, personally, I was maybe going into it with wrong expectations, but I was going into it wanting it to be a pretty much a straightforward co-op experience that I could play with my partner. But yeah. the issue was those missions were good, but when you got into like the semi-open world stuff, it encouraged you to do so much of that. I almost mm-hmm. felt like I wasn't playing the game properly by ignoring it, yeah. but I also wasn't having fun as a co-op experience going off to like just be on my own and all, you know, try to keep together in this open world doing busy work. Mm -hmm. There was no online co-op as well, which really hurt it. Wasn't there? No. No. That seems like a bigger mission. Yeah. Yeah. That's really strange. Yeah, because I was going to play it with you, didn't I? But my girlfriend was not a fan of that game at all. Right. Uh, Because she'd never seen the Star Wars film, so she didn't really care anyway. Yeah. But she played all Lego Harry Potter games with me and stuff. And she loved those, but this one, the formula was changed too much. Hmm. And that's a, uh, so unfortunate. The, the issue is, right, I don't know if people generally fall down on this game because I put it on our, my mid-year list for the most disappointing games so far yeah. in 2022. Yeah. And by far, the, the most amount of comments were about LEGO Star Wars and how I was wrong about that. Okay. So I think it does have its fan base. It's just... It's clearly from three fellas in the studio right now. Maybe, I don't know. If, I don't know. Maybe there we're are wrong. other people who were disappointed as much as we were. You'll have to let us know. Uh, send us a message on them. I've not heard any comments about it ever since. Like with the original Lego Star Wars games, you still hear people talk about them now. Yeah. But I've not heard anybody mention that game since. Maybe that's all the, the, the things you need to hear. 
there's no mention, so yeah. maybe that's, doesn't that's deserve it. It doesn't deserve maybe it. Maybe they should do a DLC with Rogue One. I'm pretty sure they did um, like the characters. They brought all the characters in from like Mandalorian. Oh, did they? Right, yeah. okay. The next question is from Tom Abbey, who actually uh, has read our minds, even though I know that Tom didn't even include questions for this show. But this morning, we did two gaming quizzes that will be up on the What Culture Gaming um, YouTube channel very, very soon, once James Dallas pulls his finger out and starts editing them. Uh, And they were all about video game sound effects and video game soundtracks. And Tom has asked, what game has the best OST in your opinion? For me, it's the Automata. Would love to hear your thoughts. Keep up the good work. Uh, Thumbs Uh, up emoji. Thank you very much, Tom. It has to be be Halo. Like... Name a more iconic theme than the Halo theme. Nah, 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 nah. He says soundtrack. This means all of them. That's the, is right. It's the full official soundtrack. But even so, like... Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I know I don't disagree with you. The Halo theme is stunning, but okay. I don't know many more in the game. Guitar Hero 3. <laughs> that doesn't count. That doesn't count. I'm not allowing Guitar Hero 3. I will say Super Mario Galaxy for my own personal opinion. Uh, that had, oh my god, it had orchestral pieces. It had yes, it was mixed in with a few um, like cheaply made MIDI tracks that just didn't sound as good as the orchestral pieces. But Gusty Garden Galaxy, if you listen to that, who uh, Tom. Tom, Tom, yeah, it was Tom. Tom, listen to Gusty Garden Galaxy, best song ever made. The thing, I'm going to confess something right now. Uh, when it comes to Mario games and Mario soundtracks, I played Super Mario 64 last Christmas, and I turned the soundtrack off to listen to some Christmas Christmas music instead. And I know somewhere out there, <laughs> our former, um, f- well, not former friend, our former friend, friend and former employee of WhatCulture.com, um, Benjamin Richardson, is yes. probably screaming. He liked at that me soundtrack through the vibe, uh, yeah. through the void, because he loved that soundtrack. I'm and screaming people, at you from here. Well, this is it. Like nothing about the Mario soundtracks has made me think. I need to listen to those. Halo. I can fully understand that is big it's epic it's orchestral you know more or less from the opening notes exactly what a halo soundtrack sounds (laughs) like mario doesn't do it for me man okay fair enough i uh i disagree (laughs) (laughs) i'm just going in on your friend (laughs) the mascot mario i don't know what i would go for this uh myself because as you guys no spoilers but as you guys know from the theme quiz that we did this morning like a lot of video game music just doesn't retain in my brain the only one two maybe well (laughs) you read my mind uh the (laughs) one that did was the mass effect 3 soundtrack because that was um clint mansell who has done a lot of movie soundtracks he um did the scores for a lot of darren darren aronofsky movies like requiem for a dream and um the wrestler and all that stuff uh in the soundtrack for mass effect 3 is like it's got a lot of doom behind it. It sort of feels like the end of the world, and there's one track called "The End," an end once and for all. I think it's right. uh, called, and that I used to, that was the only bit of music from a video game that I would go on YouTube and listen to when I felt bummed out because it made me more bummed out. <laughs> <laughs> so going off that, you just mentioned Doom, Doom ah, Eternal, you saying Doom, Doom Eternal. Is that your final answer? Doom Eternal has to be. I've realized there's one more Cuphead. Oh, what a shout! shout. Yeah, That's a good shout. yeah, fair enough. I want to stick with Mass Effect for that one. The next question, I should do Scott Tilbert's question, but I could only I could pull it off. The next question, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> You'll kill me. <laughs> is from Denver Pool, who says, which game was way ahead of its time and one that was way past its time? I love oh. the second part of this in particular. Past its time has to be The Last Guardian. Oh, because of yeah, is, yeah. Because technically, that is right. <laughs> I think you're right there. Yeah, because what was it? A 15-year delay, was it? Not 15, I don't know if it was that long, but yeah. it was. A, I think it was announced, I want to say, in 2008 and came out in 2015, 16, 16, 16 I want to okay. say. Okay, so not 15, but less. Yeah, 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 fair enough. I'd say that's the one past it. Uh, before, what do you think, Dan? Before, same, I'd say Resident Evil 4, because that game is just iconic. It invented the over-the-shoulder camera, like, uh, what every third-person game is doing, like... right. It changed the Resident Evil formula. Some may not agree with that, but yeah. Okay. I think yeah, like it's such a trailblazer, Resident Evil. Like it's talked to death, and I think we almost take it for granted when it comes to. At this point, you know, you say Resident Evil Four, and everyone's like, oh, "I know it's a good game." Everyone says it's yeah. a good game. You wouldn't have Dead Space. You wouldn't you have Callisto wouldn't. Protocol. You probably like, wouldn't yeah. have um, Gears of War. Gears of War, you know War was yeah, directly yeah, inspired. Yeah. 
What do you think? I'm going to go with the one that we always talk about in what culture gaming lists, oh, and that's no. PsyOps. PsyOps is, is a place. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a I've PlayStation 2 game yes. where you've got like all of these powers, and it's it's like physics based powers, and it is so satisfying and so freeform. And I just remember loving that is game. Is that where your head comes off? No, that was um, Stop zombie. <laughs> Stop zombie. <laughs> that was the one where your head comes off. And was you can roll um, it around. Oh, what was that game we talked about it in chat? Yeah. didn't we? Yeah, because you love that one. I, do, I don't know if we loved it. Uh, I love the yeah. idea of it. Yeah. And I've forgotten what it's even called. Oh, whilst you have a think, whilst I think of my uh, <laughs> most before before its time kind go of game, I think for mine, I think it is, once again, Mario Galaxy. Oh, here we go. I'm going to have <laughs> to mention it again, because what that did for 3D platformers... Did nothing. It did everything. It took it galactic. <laughs> <laughs> it took out of this world. Josh. You've gone space age exactly. with it. Exactly. No, you know you agreed, Dan Durkin. Don't lie. I don't really like Mario. Oh, for so sake. It's so refreshing, Dan. I appreciate you for this because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm always outvoted by Douse and Scott on this when it comes to Mario, when it comes to Sonic. And finally, I have a brother in arm over there. You there. Did he pay you to say this? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also going to throw in Mass Effect for um, ahead of its time as Ooh, well. Like that's the a shout. First Mass Effect, specifically the dialogue tree, you know, being able to choose. Yeah. Between um, like four options for the most part, more if you went into like yeah. trying to get more exposition, but like just having a phrase there rather than the full bit of text that you don't have voice acted and then being able to kind of feel your way through conversations through that way. You add in the Paragon and Renegade choices that you can unlock. Uh, they just felt way more dynamic than anything I'd played yeah. um, at that point. And it, everyone immediately ripped it off because it was awesome and mm-hmm. Even Bethesda couldn't replicate it with Fallout 4. Like, their version was bad in comparison. That game came out <laughs> seven years afterwards, so I'd definitely give that a shout. I don't know what I would put for, um, like, came out too late, though, too to right. be honest. Um, it feels like I'm missing a lot of really obvious ones for yeah, that. Duke Nukem. Oh, of course, yeah. Saints Row, the reboot. Like, yeah. that, that feels like a 2007 game. <laughs> Great yeah. shout, Dan. I yeah. think you're absolutely spot on with that. That was such a disappointment, man. Like, the yeah. new Saints Row... Came at a time where all I wanted was like some dumb fun, and it couldn't even give me that. Yep. That, and I think um, Crackdown Three, where it was just uh, like yeah. the the styles, the style of game that you're pushing here, mm-hmm. just is outdated and not fun anymore. We moved past that in the open world space. Crackdown could have been so much more than it was. Like the trailers for it, where it was showing all like the destruction and stuff mm-hmm. of the buildings. And then in the end, what came out was just a shell of a game with Terry Crews in it. I think that's a good way to describe both of those games, just shells Shells. of games and not much more. Our next question is from Darren Barkey, who says, Do you think Sony chases what's hot, Switch, Steam Deck, etc., and will create a PS Vita 2, or are they done with handhelds? I would love, man. I'd bloody love to see a Sony handheld, even though I didn't really like the PSP and didn't buy a Vita. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You're part of the problem, Josh Brown. I am. I really am. Does it work anymore when you could just buy, like, a, oh, God, Logitech G-Hub? Do you know how they did that thing where it's, like, paired with Xbox Game Pass and whatever? Well, the thing is, now, you can do it on your phone. You can buy those, saying, like, yeah. the, the Razor Kishi things yeah. that you can attach to your phone, play it on the cloud. Like, so why would I pay for an under <sighs> under uh, performing platform? Yeah, I don't think they would. A system, sorry, when I could just stream the game. This actually links to another question that we got from Alpha Oliver, who says, "Can the next Switch even compete with the Steam Deck? Like, is the Switch and the Steam Deck in particular like, just two behemoths that?" Is it's a different p- market. Surely. I don't think Nintendo's like, ever even thought about Steam Deck. Right. For some reason, I can't think that they care. They've got their own market, as you just said. Look, look at Pokemon. Like, yeah, <laughs> like exactly. they, don't, they don't care as long as it's making money. Like, yeah. It's a, and it is. A Steam Deck is a PC player's... Uh, yeah. It's just what a PC player would buy. I think if you got a Steam Deck for a younger kid you know for instance michael hamflet was on this podcast a few weeks ago talking yes. about how he got his kids a switch and they loved it i think if michael hamflet made a fatal error in judgment and bought them a steam deck yeah. it wouldn't have that kind of instant accessibility i do yeah. think you're right that they're kind of like the two different markets aren't they yeah. at the end of the day they're both good handhelds but i'd love one i think the steam deck is an incredible console because of course it is like it's mm-hmm. it's powerful as hell but like the Switch does not care. It does not <laughs> care. And I bet that the Switch, uh, let's just say the Switch Pro 2, whatever it's going to be called, that will still be less than less powerful than the Steam Deck. 
Right, it's not of course, be that yeah. Powerful. Do you think Nintendo are going to continue with the Switch? They better do because they've like they've done it in the past where they've just completely changed course. Like, do you think they're going to yeah. release another Switch, kind of like the one we've got now? They'll probably be scared because they did that with the Wii, with the Wii U, and yeah. they'll probably think that we'll never do that again. But the Switch is perfect, yeah. And but the Wii was perfect, and you saw what a sequel to that did. I would maybe interject and say that the Switch has more of a core base. Like, yes. the Wii's numbers were so inflated, like we were talking about earlier, by families and people who would pick it up once a year. And that's yeah. totally fine, but I think they over... I mean, I mean the Wii U's marketing as well was completely doggy. All they have to do is like call it, it Switch 2. Do you think they would, though? For it to succeed, yes... If they want to be cool, yes, the Super Nintendo Switch. That's the one that makes sense. She has one for you. Like, right. is the Switch still selling like hotcakes? It is, yes. Then why would they release a second one? Because I've not... <laughs> <laughs> because I, I personally, I don't know, Josh Brown has not touched their Switch in a year. That's right, man. Like, I, I understand they don't necessarily quote-unquote need one because it's constantly going to new audiences, but... Yeah. I think... Keep it going. Keep the ball rolling. That's it. Keep the momentum. Why not have another model? Keep the, keep the regular Switch if you want. Yeah. Like Keep that on the market. Keep releasing that. Keep allowing it to sell. But give us something that can output in more than like 720p. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the, now that we've been spoiled by the, the PS5 and the, in the Xbox 60 Series frames X, a second is what spoiled us. That's 100%. True, James Dowes. I've been spoiled by high frame rates. And if you look at and know it's not the hardware's fault that the latest Pokemon, for instance, isn't performing very well. But it surely can't hurt. Come on, <laughs> in, the, in the grand scheme of things, it really can't. Right, our final question of the day comes from Justin Wern, who says, which game franchise do you think needs to go in a different direction? This could be mechanics, genre change, characters, story setting, etc. Which, in your opinion, fellas, is done, and which is in desperate need of change? I'll let you say Halo first. Uh, <laughs> well, you could say Halo, but you could also say Pokemon. Like, yeah. Has it not done it this year, Dan, though? No. With it hasn't, it hasn't. Like, right. They said, oh, you can do your own thing in the open world, do whatever you want, but there's no level scaling and there's, there's just, there's nothing to it. It's <laughs> it, the need to do something there to, to make it good. Yeah, they've just got the formula of a Pokemon game. They've put it in an open world, but haven't adjusted it to open yeah, world. You can't go into like buildings in the no. towns anymore. It's all like menus. It's, just, it's all copied and pasted buildings. And yeah. stuff. It's just cheap. It's a very cheaply made game. And the, I want a new developer. I don't really? want Game Freak involved with it anymore. Do you agree with that? Oh, I agree harsh, with that. Like, you know it's not harsh. But here's the thing. When Scott was arguing for this on Monday, would you not just want them to get more time, you know, more resources on a game? Imagine going back to, like, the 2.5D style, pixel art style, and just, yes. like, yeah. building off that instead of trying to make it all 3D and, like, it's, it doesn't look pretty anyway. But, like, imagine what kind of game we could get. Like, when you think about that, how much money the, the game actually makes, it's like... Yeah. Like an Octopath Traveler kind of yeah, like Pokemon game, yeah. But no, instead we don't get that. <laughs> <laughs> and they get... But I was saying to them last week, Dan, that um, the amount of staff that Game Freak have now is the exact same amount of staff they had when Pokemon Red came out. Hmm. And like, That's insane. They must be rich. They are <laughs> Very making rich. bank, my friend, yeah. because like I know a lot of people have been disappointed with the performance of this game, but you know, like we said, it's still selling really well. Yeah. And you get now a lot of people just going, well, yes, it might not be perfect, but it's still kind of good and I'm still having fun yeah. and I'm still going to buy the next one. And you know what? Fair enough, yeah. I suppose, at that point. Uh, for me, I'm going to have to go Assassin's Creed because I feel like I can never develop as a human because every <laughs> 10 years I just am here saying Assassin's Creed needs to change yeah. and it did once and we got the likes of Assassin's Creed Origins we yeah. got Assassin's Creed Odyssey we got Assassin's Creed Valhalla but to me like they need to make a change and hopefully Assassin's Creed Infinity and all yeah. of the games that are tied to that will finally allow the teams to make a new era of Assassin's Creed, something a little bit different, something that doesn't have the bloat because those <laughs> games that I mentioned there yeah. man there's a good game at the heart of each one mm -hmm. there's something incredible at the heart of it but you have to fight through so much yeah. crap mm -hmm. to get to it you have to put up with so much literally tens of hours of content yeah. that you might never want to engage with is in there yeah. and I, I respect the amount of quality that's in there in the in the quantity of it but man mm -hmm. like it's just i have an exist existential crisis every time i play one of those <laughs> games and i can't it's not good for me health you know what yeah, i mean yeah what do i think is mine uh probably i'd agree with you 100 percent on pokemon um the one that's disappointed me most recently was uh, Forza Horizon. Really? Um, 
Because I'm the biggest Forza Horizon fan. Like, I completed and 100%ed one, two, three, and four. And then when five came out, it was just enough of the same thing. It was just too much of the same. You enjoyed it, didn't you? Dan? I remember inviting you to the game a few times, and uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure you you ignored it. Um, I would. I just didn't want to play it. It was broken on release, to be fair. But yeah. also, how much can you change Forza without becoming Need for Speed? Because mm, <laughs> like, yeah. a lot of people have always wanted um, it to be set in Japan. The next one, so they could have like street races and stuff, and basically just create. Have street races in. Five. <laughs> Not really. No. Oh, yeah, they have races through the streets, uh-huh. but they don't have, like, drifting through a city or whatever Tokyo like that. Drift. Yeah, I want Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. <laughs> I don't think you do. Forza. Because <laughs> no, they did that, didn't they, once? With Forza Horizon 2, there was a Fast and Furious DLC, and that was all right. I'm a newcomer to Forza. Like, I yes. loved Forza Horizon 5, and I played yeah. bits of 4 and enjoyed that. But to me, Forza Horizon 5 was, like, perfect, but okay. I wasn't fatigued, and I can't understand yeah. that. I've heard that from other people as well who have been a fan right from the beginning who just said, I couldn't get into five because I played four. It's too much of the same, yeah. Yeah, especially when four was upskilled really well. Like Four the, was beautiful as well. Bang it. Didn't help as well. or it, Sorry, it did help the fact that it was set in England. Aye. And it was set around Newcastle where we're based in Edinburgh and stuff. So I was like driving around and I recognized things. That was cool. But Mexico, it just was just... Not very entertaining. It was just that the map was too big. It had a volcano, though. It did, but it was just empty space. And, it, yeah, it was cool going for the rainforest and whatever, but it wasn't full to the brim of fun So content. visually, it didn't do anything. Visually, it did stuff, but it was just not <sighs> engaging. Okay. Because there's only so many dirt roads I could travel through before I realized I'd done them all. How would you change it is what you said there about, like, street racing yeah, and stuff. Street is that racing, what you want? bigger cities so I can drive through cities and, like, drift Or neon. <laughs> yeah, more anything that isn't just wilderness. I think I'll get the guys at Ubisoft, I mean, at, at EA, to yes. remaster Need for Speed Underground, and yeah. I'll give you that, and then you might be yeah. happy. I'll yeah. take Perfect. that. I'll take that. That's I'll all right. That. Yeah. And I think that I'll, th- I'll take that as the end of the podcast as well. Uh, yeah. Thank you all. For listening for listen to, that. Uh, to me try to host this podcast and be incredibly at my job. I think you did very well. I, and I really need that. I'm going to go have a cry and I'm going to message right. Scott and say, I'm never doing this again. Yeah, please don't fine. leave me. Uh, <laughs> thank you all. This sincerely, though. And I don't know how to end this podcast. Thank you for the questions that you sent into the Untitled Bandit podcast. Please check that out on Friday. And we'll have, as always, three shows ready to go next week. But until then, I have been Josh Brown, joined by James Douse. Thank you. And thank you so much, Dan Durker, for joining joining us today. Thank you for having us. As well. Well done, Dan. Well done, Dan. <laughs> well done us all. We all yeah, need well a pat on the back, I think. Yeah, you know, well let's be self-congratulatory. And watch the quizzes that are coming up out soon. Yes, please watch the fun. quizzes. They actually are good. They're you know what I mean? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that. You did a good job, James yeah. Yeah. Us three are in it. So <laughs> I wrote one of them. Yeah, and Dan wrote one. There you it, go. I, I like the idea that Scott will be watching them thinking, I could have got every single <laughs> one of those questions right. It should have been me with the crown on my head. But yes, we'll stop right now. Thank you uh, so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping 
and 365-day returns.